from Relay FM. This is Virtual, episode number 51. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by the man who writes epic, epic reviews, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Mike, and welcome back to Europe. Thank you, Federico. This is my first uh, show since since getting back from my trip. I did record Upgrade when I was in Portland, but this is kind of the first show after my holiday. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the nicest way to come back. It's a, a nice, easy one. I just get to talk about video games with you. Um, I have uh, Mario Maker has been received. I have not yet. I don't have it in my hands yet, which is upsetting. I sent it to my grandma's house because no one will be home here. So and I haven't picked that up yet. So I'm hoping I'll get that at some point this weekend. Um, have nice. you received Mario Maker yet? Yes, but I haven't been able to play it because I haven't. was busy finishing the the review and the book. So but, hopefully next week we'll both yeah. have something to say about Mario oh, yeah. Maker. I can. I need to relax a little, Mike. Yeah, I bet but, you do. Uh, I did receive something in the post from Nintendo to home, though. I saw the photo um, today. Yep. Can, you, can you tell us what, what you got? Oh, hey, look at that. Max Stories Weekly Issue 1 just came out. Oh, yeah? You got yeah, it? I just got it. I just got an email about it. Huh? See? Look at That's that. uh, the new email. Beautiful. So uh, I, <laughs> I've received that. I'll look forward to reading that. People should sign up for Club Max Stories if they haven't already. That's, that's what you should do. Like, Club Nintendo ends, Club Max mm-hmm. Stories begins. That is how. That is the cycle of life, right? I'm, I'm, I'm. Thank you, first of all, and um, I'm so happy that that a few people saw immediately the Club Nintendo references. I didn't get and, it. I really? didn't get it. Stephen got it. I was just thinking like Club Max Store Club is like a very like European thing. Can you tell me why? Because I saw a lot I of people know. saying that Club is a European thing. Well, they don't you I don't think they really use the word club outside of Europe. I don't think that they call huh. them clubs. Um and also like it sounds very much like a kind of a bar type scenario to me, oh. you know. I imagine going to Italy and being on the coast and seeing like Club World or something like that. Mm. Especially club before the word, uh huh. Right, rather than the Max Stories Club, calling it oh, a club yeah. Max Stories. That's a very yeah. European way of putting it. Because oh, cool. if I was writing it, I would call it the Max Stories Club, like a fan yeah. club. Yeah, in, right? in copy, I would write the same probably. Yeah, yeah. But club Max Stories sounds very European to me, anyway. Yeah. But anyway, talking about Club Nintendo, and well, that that's what I got. I received a Club Nintendo reward because. Club Nintendo's basically ended now. Um, I got an email. They're like, we've added the last thing because like, they added this coin, didn't they, or something to Club Nintendo. Like, it's over. So I went on. Uh, I wanted to get this Kirby blanket. Did you see this? No, the, the Kirby blanket? Oh, no. there was a, there's a beautiful blanket um, that they did for Club Nintendo of Kirby, which I really wanted to get, but couldn't get that um, because I didn't have enough points. So when I was looking through, so what I got was some coasters. So mm-hmm. I have uh, some coasters at the, the the question mark block of Mario. Mm. I have two of those now. Mm. But I'm now in a scenario where I still have more points, but there's nothing that I want to spend them on. So nothing I'm, I'm, like yeah, like there's nothing you wanna you wanna buy. There's nothing. So they just disappear. You're just gonna leave those points there. I think I'm gonna have to. That's quite sad. Yeah, I might I might have another look and just see if there's anything else small, but there's nothing else that I want. But I just put a link to the, the blanket in the chat room. Did you see it? Yeah. It's pretty. I would like that. Yeah. But I couldn't get that. It was more points than I than I had. 
I'm honestly quite jealous about the coasters. What, uh, sh- well, how many points do you have? I haven't checked. I bet you have enough for something. You need to go in there and get it, because otherwise you're going to lose them. Oh, yeah. I got I to gotta, I gotta go to the website, and because I forgot, right? And so yep. I need to... Need to I've been keeping my eye on it, and I was waiting until it was kind of like at the last moment until I got something. So, yeah, I picked up these coasters. They're nice, they're little rubber coasters, um, and it says Club Nintendo on the back, and Mm -hmm. they look really nice, and I have one on my desk, and I put my water bottle on it. There it goes. I need to to remember to go to the Club club Nintendo website and and use those points. Use Siri right now and set a reminder. I am gonna create a reminder. Do that. Yeah. Again. So, Federico, I have whilst I've been away for a week, mm-hmm. I basically haven't been reading any news. I've barely been on Twitter. So, I need you to tell me what's happened in the past week in video games. Okay. So, the two big news we're gonna discuss as topics. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you and our listeners some links. So, the first news is from a couple of days ago. Uh, Nintendo Directs are gonna continue. That's good news. There's a statement from Nintendo to uh, IGN UK. Uh, there's going to be new Nintendo Directs videos. Uh, we don't know the specifics of this. We don't know anything who's gonna host the videos, what they're gonna be about, when the new one is gonna launch. We just know that they will, you know, reappear and continue after the set passing of Satoru Iwata. Mm. Um, we can speculate. Personally, I think that Bill Trinan and Miyamoto should be the new stars of the direct videos. Uh, Reggie was also, uh, you know, it was always fun to see Reggie in the in the American directs. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a probably a difficult time for Nintendo. Yep. And it's uh, I really don't know what to think about the directs. What they're so, gonna do? I have two feelings on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see more of Bultrinan. Love that guy. Like, cannot get enough of him. He yeah. is so funny. Uh, I really like him. He's got a good personality. My other feeling would be, and this is maybe taking a page out of some other companies like uh, Sony, they should just employ some people and just have them as the hosts and turn it so, so there are like two or three people that are just their job is to host Nintendo Direct. Because you know they have those like Nintendo Minutes and stuff like that and they're yeah. hosted by a, like a, a couple of different people. They, they seem yeah. to have some people that do this. They should just do that with Direct. Um, and then when necessary, have the executives interviewed or have them make their comments. Because my feeling is that you can't replace Iwata yeah. So like with another executive. So they, in my opinion, just change it all up now. And, and maybe have some hosts that do it. But if they're not going to do that... Uh, Reggie is not very good in those things. He's a bit wooden. Uh, but Bill Trinan is a lot of fun, so I would like to see more of him. Yeah. We agree on Bill Trinan. Yeah. I think we're going to see him. Yeah. Um, the next link, Mike, is because we always... This has become more of a regular section, maybe, uh, linking to um, fantastic demos made with the Unreal Engine... And we've seen different Mario games with the Unreal Engine, Zelda, uh, we've seen Metroid, and now it's time for Final Fantasy VII, and specifically Eris House from Final Fantasy VII. So there's going to be a remake uh, coming to PlayStation 4, but in the meantime, someone made a version of Eris House uh, with the Unreal Engine. It's fantastic. The music is exactly the same that you remember from the original game. 
and it doesn't even look like an Unreal Engine demo. It's very colorful and bright, and the colors are amazing. So if you, like me, have fond memories of this specific location in the game, you should go check out the video on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, I'm going to give you a little, a little teachy tip here, Mike. Oh. Uh, if you upgrade it to iOS 9, and you are disappointed, like me, by the lack of a picture-in-picture -picture for the YouTube app, you need to download this free app from the App Store. It's called Uplayer. And it's uh, one of those YouTube clients. And it's, it, it, you know, it's probably going to die eventually because Google doesn't like these types of apps. But it's been around for a while. So maybe they figured out some way to not be blocked by YouTube. Anyway, on iOS 9, it lets you view YouTube videos with picture-in-picture. -picture, and it's glorious. Especially yeah. if you watch a lot of YouTube videos, to be able to just click the home button and keep the video playing in a, in a, in a floating pop-up is amazing. And also, a nice touch, if you copy the link, for example, the link to this Unreal Engine video from our show notes, so you copy the link, you open your player, and your player will see the YouTube link in the clipboard and it will tell you, do you want to view this YouTube video in the app right now? So it's useful if you find a YouTube link somewhere else, such as a podcast or maybe, you know, uh, from a video game blog. You copy the link, you open your player, you watch it in your player, you click the home button and you use picture in picture and you can go on with your day while the video is still playing. Such, as ni such a nice app. While we wait for YouTube to use picture in picture, we hope that, you know, we can use this and we can hope that YouTube will, will add this feature. So there you go, Mike. Feature tip on Virtual 2. That is a great tip, actually. I've put a link uh, to Uplayer in the show notes, which you can find at relay.fm slash virtual slash 51. That is exactly what I was looking for. There's a couple of apps that I use. There is a, as an app that I really uh, use a lot for watching video, um, which is a sport-related app. And uh, it, I don't think it's ever going to get the picture-in-picture. The picture. Uh, but so um, I, I definitely don't think YouTube ever will, so that's a really great tip. I assume... Uh, that you... How long has it been around? How long have you been using it? A uh, couple of days. But okay. I know it's not the first version. They received an update. So I guess it's been around for a while. Because even YouTube videos in Safari, right, doesn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't work because they use a custom player. I wonder if you could the, do something with editorial. Not editorial, <laughs> workflow. Or maybe. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. Maybe. Possible. Hmm. I don't know. I'm sure someone could work that out. But that's a great tip. Yeah. So, moving on, Mario Maker, uh, we still have to play the game, but in the meantime, Nintendo announced that Mario Maker is going to come to Super Smash Bros. with a new level that you will be able to download on the Wii U and 3DS version of the game on September 30. There's going to be a Mario Maker level, and what's different here is that, of course, the, the layout of the level is going to change every time you play. So, so you don't get to choose it, right? It just... You don't uses get to Mario choose. Maker level Mario Maker like level building tools to create weird levels. Mario Maker craziness yeah. to create levels. And from the trailer, it looks exactly crazy. Uh, but I look forward to playing uh, Super Smash Brothers again with this level because I miss you know playing Super Smash. I want to play it again. Um, and last, Mike, I see that you have uh, that you have a link for me. Because I didn't put this one in the show notes. Yep, Mr. John Voorhees, friend of the show, sent in uh, a release date and trailer for The Witness, which is Jonathan Blow's next yep. game. 
I don't really know a lot about this game. The trailer looks interesting. It's very bright and colorful. My understanding is this game is very difficult. Um, it seems like some kind of weird, puzzly adventure game that I don't fully understand. Yeah. Uh, but it has a release date now for January the 26th, 2016. So it's going to be out in January. And that's kind of, and you have the trailer, and there's a website now, and Polygon and a bunch of other websites had a big uh, feature about it in the last couple of days. So yeah. you, if you want to read more about it, I'll put a link to, to the Polygon article about it as well. So it's there. But uh, that's coming now. There's nothing we can do about it, I guess. So. I am excited about this game. I wanna, I'm want to. i intrigued by uh, the, the, you know, the, the skill and the, the, the cleverness of Jonathan Blow. I've always been fascinated by Braid and, and what he created with, you know, with the platform genre. I think he's a genius, personally. He's quite of a, of a, of a dividing figure on the internet. He's a, uh, he's not always liked by, by everyone, which makes it even more interesting to me as a, as a game designer. And I'm definitely looking forward to the witness on, on PlayStation 4. So one of the, the the games that I'm excited for next year, The Witness and No Man's Sky, which we haven't heard about in a while. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see, Mike. Eventually. Uh, one day we'll get that game. One day. Eventually we will get No Man's Sky. So, Mike, now I would like to talk about the first major news from last week. But I think that before you want to you, you wanna take a break. Yes, this episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. If you've ever looked at your internet and thought, whoever designed this for us must truly hate everybody and must hate everything about us because they've created something that looks so ugly. And this is because the tools that the people uh, creating this stuff that have been using for you in the past have been terrible. They've been, you know, looking at stuff like SharePoint, which is just... Oh, SharePoint. I've had some some times of SharePoint in my life and I don't ever want to go back there. And this is why Igloo is here. Igloo is here to save you. Igloo will give you fantastic tools to create an intranet that looks and feels great. They have great drag and drop tools uh, that allow you to create fantastic group spaces, which means that everybody in your organization can have things set up for them, which makes perfect sense to the way that their business or team works. So you can give certain teams a uh, little microblogging functionality. You can give some teams the document previewing stuff depending on what they need depends on what they get and you can also make igloo look great they have great fonts and colors and you can put your great logo in there as well you can also manage your igloo from wherever you want they have uh, everything is built with responsive design right in mind right so you can use igloo in a car on your smartphone when you're in the passenger seat on your way to a new meeting you can use it from your laptop at home in the garden if you like it doesn't matter where you are whatever device you're using igloo will work fantastically also it integrates with services like Box and Google Drive and Dropbox and you can secure them all within their great platform. They have 256-bit encryption, single sign-on and Active Directory integrations. They lock all that stuff down and make it nice and secure. This means that all of your documents will be in the right places all within your Igloo platform. And You can also use their document preview and collaboration engine to uh, work on stuff with your uh, co-workers and also you can see who has been reading and who has been looking at certain documents with read receipts all built right in so you're going to know that everybody will remain on the same page. Igloo is so awesome and they know you're going to love it 
so much that they're going to let you use it for free with any team of up to 10 people. You can go and try it right now at eaglesoftware.com slash virtual and you can try it for as long as you like for free with any team of up to 10 people and they have great pricing plans once you go past that number. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show. Remember, that's eaglesoftware.com slash virtual. Thanks so much. So, Federico, there was a little a little thing that happened uh, whilst yeah, I was away, yeah. whilst I was on that plane. Some company in California had a press conference. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it was like, it was like a big deal, you know. People were there. There were a lot of, a lot of journalists, and they kind of announced stuff. So, jokes aside, uh, the Apple event, yep. you were on a plane, yep. and you landed in, in the land of the free yep. uh, while the event was still going on. Am I correct? Yeah, because it was so long. Yes, it was quite long. Uh, <laughs> Apple announced all the things at the uh, last week's event. So new iPhones, new iPads, yay. Um, Michael's right. Apple, yes, always. Mm-hmm. Apple Watch updates. And, you know, just so happens also a new Apple TV. Uh, as we were speculating the week before, it's a brand new Apple TV, new operating system called tvOS. It's got an SDK for developers to create apps and games. It's got an app store. Um, what else? There's a there's a there, there there isn't a TV service like a you know one of those American cable types stuff. Uh, but there is a lot of new features. Uh, aside from the interface and apps, there's a new remote control. Uh, there's a new Siri integration. Uh, there's improved hardware, so it's a it's more powerful than the old Apple TV. Um, and of course, I want to discuss with you the gaming aspect yep. because we were talking about the Apple TV before, and now that we saw what Apple announced, I feel like it's time for some conclusions or at least some reflections on what we think about the announcement so far. Um, so. We went, me and you as gamers, into this Apple event with the idea that Apple was either going to appeal to the casual gamers or, as some websites were saying, try to basically start some kind of war with the, with the traditional game consoles. So I feel pretty comfortable saying that option two was not the case. Well, <laughs> uh, so this is my feeling on this. is They have definitely not given this as that kind of thing like when we look at it we can see it's not that right we can see it's not powerful like a traditional games console but I don't know if that says what Apple thinks what do you mean so from my the way that I'm looking at this we can see that it's not powerful enough to be compared to a traditional games console but I don't know if Apple think that or not and I wonder if they think that what they've built is a home games console. I don't know. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the event and and the announcements that we got after the event. So the demo, the the, the game that they had on stage, some kind of Wii Sports mixed with a music game, um, was kind of underwhelming yep. to me. Yep. And because you know I was expecting them to say this is game one and then we have this other game like it was like a whole suite of mini games but no it's just seems like it's just this baseball music game right using their little silly remote thing that they built yeah um but and my what i'm trying to say i'm not really sure if i'm if i'm making this clear me and you look at this and we can see that 
what this is is not a games console because they don't have the infrastructure, they don't have the controller. Like Apple didn't build any of that. But I look at it and wonder, do the people that have made this in Apple think that they've just revolutionized gaming and that this is the way that games will be? You think so? So um, what happens to the... I'm trying to think long long term. What happens to, to, to the traditional console experience? You're saying that there's going to be a place for an Apple TV or, you know, maybe some other kind of casual console and this, like something like the PlayStation and the Xbox will continue. Because I struggle to to think of a scenario where it doesn't end up like the Wii, you know? Well, that's People... exactly what I think it is. But like, I'm just wondering if they think, oh, we've built the future of games consoles. Like, this is what games consoles will be. There will be apps, and they will be very simple, and they will have uh, actively loading assets and all that stuff. Anyway, I don't think I'm making myself clear enough. No, I'm just trying. I, I, my main problem is that I don't have too much faith in Apple that they believe in games too seriously sure like, i mean that yeah i mean that's 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 the most likely right? thing here yeah because they, believe... they've they showed that if if they think that this is what gaming is they've got it yes. wrong i mean they and i'm trying not to phrase this in a way that it that it will that it makes me sound like uh like i'm some kind of old video game guy who doesn't like innovation i just think that apple believes in the app store mm-hmm and they're trying to bring the kind of experience from iOS to the Apple TV. And I'm not sure that that's going to work. No, that what won't. worked on iOS will work on the TV. Because yeah, they are trying to like force the App Store into a gaming console rather than making yeah. considerations for the App Store to be more accommodating to games. Yes. And the only what you could say what you could say as a counter-argument is, they are making a new TV remote and that's also going to work for games and they're going to require developers to support the TV remote if their games, you know, if they want to make games for the new Apple TV. And that gives me hope because it's a remote that's got Bluetooth connections, it's got motion controls, it's got a touchpad, it's got physical buttons. So in theory, it should be even better than a Wii remote. But I feel like not every type of game can be played with with that kind of TV remote. Nope. And because of that, they are pre- precluding some game experience from coming to the Apple TV. Yep. Because traditional game controllers will be supported on the on the Apple TV. But two important things: there's not going to be a first-party Apple-made controller, so you will need to buy a third-party one, and at least for now, game developers won't be able to require uh, a third-party uh, physical controller. They will They will only be able to support it as an option. So I'm what thinking... What I don't understand about this is Apple have provided a spec for the gaming controllers. Right? Yeah. They said, this is how, where we want your bu- what, how many buttons we want, and this is what some of the buttons should do. But what I don't get is the amount of buttons that they specify as being required is more buttons than the remote has. So those two things don't make any... They don't make sense when you put them together, right? Like... It's, um... Because (laughs) when you put those two things together, like, how can you say we need, like, 
four face buttons, two triggers, and two joysticks, when that is more input than the remote can have? Yeah, exactly. So basically, you're going to end up with games that let, let you play with the, with the simplified control system when they need the remote and the serious control system when you have a, another a controller. controller. Which, does, so, which doesn't make any sense because if you're yeah, saying that a good controller needs all these buttons... Yours is oh, I, look. Th- this is this is exactly what we were saying, and and it, and it's clear to me that the the clear point was Apple didn't make a controller, so they're not serious about this. They want simple games to be made. All of this stuff about how you can have a game that runs on all platforms is nonsense because most games won't be able to do this. If you make Crossy Road, you can do it because Crossy Road is super simple. But they're like the games that they bring on to show, like so you know, the game that they bring on to show the iPhone demo, mm. right? The Warhammer game that can't exist on the Apple TV because you can't do all that stuff without a proper controller. You couldn't use the Apple TV remote to do everything that they were doing. It just, it just wouldn't work. So it's like, you know, you, you, there are games that can exist on the Apple TV and that is fine, but they've not given the experience, they've not created the gaming experience that they could have and should have done. Because with the right amount of focus, Apple does kill the gaming consoles. But they're not willing to do that right now. And I am perfectly happy with that because yeah. I prefer the world in which the PlayStation still exists. Yeah, I prefer I that version of this. There is a place for casual games. There's a place for iPhone games. There's a place for the 3DS and the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox. And I just... Part of me wants to see Apple taking games seriously, not just the App Store games, but even the console types of games. But also part of me is happy that Apple is not doing this because it means that Sony and Microsoft and maybe even Nintendo will have a, you know, will have a chance to continue doing what they do, which is unique. And you can argue that uh, a lot of people are playing games on the App Store on their iPhones now and the consoles are dying, but they're not dead yet. And the types of experiences, for all the arguments that you may have in favor of Apple and the App Store and mobile games, the types of experiences that you get on a console still can be bought on the App Store, you know? It's, it's a simple matter of looking at games. There's no Metal Gear Solid 5 on, uh, 5 on the App Store. Yep. There's no uh, Super Mario 3D Land or Maker on the App Store. These games can only be experienced on a PC or on a console. And the moment that we will see... You know, the next Final Fantasy 15 or the next Metal Gear Solid, the moment that the gaming company will say, we're going to have the same game on a console and on the App Store with the same control system, with the same in-depth experience, you're going to be able to buy it on the App Store or on a console. At that moment, I will believe the people who say, this is going to kill the traditional console experience. But until that that day comes, this is not a matter of CD versus vinyl or MP3 versus the CD, where it's the same medium, only in different formats. This is not a matter of format. This is a matter of experience. They're not selling a different way to experience the same game. They're selling a different gaming experience, which is a good one. And I play games on my iPhone, but I also play games on my PlayStation 4 and on my Nintendo because they're different games. So if Apple, as the New York York Times and other publications said, was going to take on gaming consoles 
for the living room, what we saw last week, this is not it. This is not Apple taking on those consoles. Apple taking on those consoles would mean a controller, would mean a different app store infrastructure, would mean different games, you know? Instead, we got glorified iPhone games that use a TV remote, and I'm not sure that's gonna, you know, be a problem for consoles. So apparently, uh, Guitar Hero and um, Disney Infinity will be coming to the Apple TV. And apparently they're going to have controllers that work with those. Now, that kind of stuff, that is incredible if they manage to pull it off, right? Like Disney Infinity on the Apple TV, big deal. So like stuff like that is interesting if they manage to continue pushing it forward. So my hope will be these games will start to come out. The big publishers will say, this is great, but these are the things that we need. And they'll start to make more considerations about how this works going forward. My feeling will be Apple TV 2 or TVOS 2 will will fix a lot of the, the, the inconsistencies that exist in the way that games should be built for the Apple TV. And I think it's not until that happens that some of this... Because, you know, Apple think, okay, this is a really great idea. Um, this this will work if we, do, if we make these restrictions to the App Store and this and this and this. Uh... But once they realize, once actual game developers start getting their hands on it and be like, we can't build video games in this way, then they'll make, might start to make some some concessions to it. Yeah. That's what I hope will happen, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, like look, this is this is a really good thing for some casual games, but I think as, as gamers, I think we're all hoping that Apple will maybe do a little bit more than they have. 50-50. Part of me was hoping Apple yeah. would do it. Yes. Part of me is also happy. They wouldn't. Yeah. Because poor Nintendo, right? Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> they have a new president. Explain this to me. I'm very confused about all of yes. this. His name is Tatsumi Kimishima. He's Nintendo's new president, but he's, a, he's an interim president. Uh, he's staying for, at least for now, they said he's going to stay for a year and until a replacement is found. And uh, this guy, he, used to, he worked for uh, three decades at a major Japanese banking institution. He moved to Nintendo, to the Pokemon company first. Then he moved to Nintendo of America from 2002 to 2006. He was the, the guy in charge of Nintendo America before Reggie, basically. Yep. Now he is so he has to... good chops, right? You know, he's not he, an outside a, hire. He knows what he's, he's doing. A, he's a business person. Yep. He's an operations guy. Yep. And in fact, if you look at the, the first impressions from analysts, they believe it is a safe uh, choice. So when analysts say it is a safe, conservative choice, it means they picked a business person. Yep. That's not to say that this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Tim Cook. Uh, in fact, exactly, yeah. exactly. This guy has been at Nintendo for a few years now, um, even almost two decades, in fact. Um, he was in charge of, also of human resources, besides, you know, money stuff, basically. Yep. I'm, I'm putting it in overly simplistic terms. Of course. Um, Everyone seems to be either happy or not completely surprised by this choice. Uh, Nintendo is in a difficult position right now. Uh, they're coming up with the, with the Nintendo NX, which is going to be the company's, the company's next major platform. They are building an online service that's yep. going to work on all Nintendo systems, and they're about to debut uh, mobile games later this year, and they're going to have more mobile games throughout the next two years. So this guy right now... 
as a year to make sure that the Nintendo boat, <laughs> the Nintendo ship goes in the in the right direction, follows the right course. And that means having a strong grip on financials for the company and being able to appoint creative people that can get the work done when the consoles and the games are concerned. So what he did, he established some kind of... A, I wouldn't know how to call it, but basically he's the president. And Miyamoto is a creative fellow, and Takeda is the technology fellow. So it's like a... Uh, what do you call it when there's like three people at the at the highest point of command? Oh, they gave it a name that I can't remember, but I've yeah. seen it. Try something or other. Yeah, try something. Must blah, be blah, some. Blah. I believe. I'm find this. I believe that back when there was the Italian Revolution, uh, in in the, in the 19th century, we had some kind of try something <laughs> as well here. Uh, th- there is a name, but we don't remember. So, I w- I wanted to ask you what do we think of this choice. So. Personally, I feel like from a, from a emotional maybe perspective, I would have liked to see the kind of a romantic image of a Nintendo president who succeeds Iwata and who is also a game designer at heart, who is a game developer running the company. And in fact, according to rumors, uh, Iwata's choice, and this is all speculation... Uh, uh, Doug has helped us out. Triumvirate. Triumvirate. Yeah. Yes, perfect. That is the word. Thanks, Doug. Um, according to speculation, uh, Iwata's choice would have been uh, Hino from Level 5. Uh, very successful Japanese video game company. Um, he's also a game developer now running the level 5 studio and it's a rumor but it's not too crazy uh, instead what we got so the, 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 the emotional part of me would have liked to see a continuation of Iwata's figure as another game developer now CEO or president whatever you call it running Nintendo instead what we got is a very pragmatic choice uh, a guy who needs to stay in charge for a year Make sure that, you know, to put all the ducks in in a row and to say, okay, we need to ship this console, we need to ship these mobile games, we need to make sure that our partnerships with Dina is going well, and we need to maybe rework our relationships with the third-party developers, we need to send out the next dev kits, and we need to understand that we got to build a solid service so that people can play our games on smartphones and tablets and also on the console. So to have an operations guy, to have a, a person who, who, who knows human resources, who, know, who knows financials, who knows how to manage money, uh, is probably, yes, a safe choice, and it makes sense. So the romantic image of a creative developer now running a creative company, that's awesome. And there were, as we said, there were a lot of parallels with Steve Jobs and Apple. And there are a lot of parallels with this guy on Tim Cook, I believe. And this is what makes me optimist, I would say, about the future, because as we saw, Tim Cook started as, a, as an operations guy, and everybody call, called Tim Cook that way, uh, because that's what he did. But he also deeply respected what, what Apple used to be, and as we saw with time, he developed his own style and philosophy, maybe. 
And Kimishima, um, he already said that they're going to continue on Iwata's vision. And that's good to hear. And, uh, and the fact that he's already, you know, saying, I need to trust Miyamoto, I need to trust Takeda, and I need to trust all the teams at Nintendo. Yes, that's what you say, you know, in press releases and in press conferences. But it also, you know, this restructuring makes sense to me. And I'm, I hope that is going to be able to, you know, to balance the focus on the NX and the focus on the on the mobile games. I feel like that's the key point to the next year and probably the reason why they chose this guy for the next 12 months. Because those are going to be 12 critical months for Nintendo to be able to balance the online infrastructure as, you know, the centerpiece of mobile games and Nintendo platforms, Nintendo consoles. And if this person really is able, really has a knowledge of Nintendo operations, Nintendo financials, Nintendo human resources, then it's the right choice. The only thing that concerns me is that when analysts are excited, that's usually not a good sign, because I don't normally trust these people too much. But maybe, you know, maybe this time they're right. I think that this is the right move. I, I, I think that, you know... Nintendo has been led relatively well, and it has been led by creatives for a long time. Uh, they are in a time where they, as you rightly put, have a lot to deliver. Uh, it might be best to just put someone in charge right now who can focus on the delivery and let the people in the lower teams worry about the creativity. And, and it might just be best for them right now to have somebody who can help them through this time. There's yeah. a reason that the the, the board and, and etc. chose who they chose. And I think that this is why. Because there are a bunch of candidates um, who would be able to lead Nintendo right now. But they've gone with someone that we don't really know a lot about, um, who is obviously just in the company, been very successful at getting stuff done. And it's yeah. the reason that he's probably only been named for a year, right? Maybe he'll stay, maybe he'll become uh, the president. And there's a reason that they're doing the triumvirate thing, because they want to make sure that they maintain the creativity. So they've they've kept two of the most creative people in the company... Uh, Miyamoto mm-hmm. and Takeda, who have been running it in the interim, the interim of the interim. Yes. Um, because, you know, they want to make sure that, that that they follow their guiding principles and stuff like that. But really, they, they need a delivery guy right now, someone who can come in and make sure that Nintendo get really good stuff out the door on time over the next 12 months. Because that is their key yeah. right now. That is what they need to do more than anything yeah. else. They have mobile games to deliver. We'll have the first one soon, then another three, and then a whole new platform and infrastructure and a whole new backbone. It's big stuff they've got to do over the next 12 months. They need someone who can manage that. Yeah. yeah I so agree. I think this is probably the right move. Yeah, I, I feel like it is. We'll see. And then we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be so interesting. Uh, I like the f- their first mobile game and the new Dina powered service. That's gonna be super fascinating. Just to observe, not necessarily to experience as a gamer, but just to see what what they're up to. Basically. Also, from a pessimistic perspective, if you launch all this stuff and it doesn't go so well, one of the best things you can do to keep your shareholders happy is to have a leadership change, and they're gonna have one in a year. So if it doesn't go well, they'll be like, right, time to change leader. And everyone goes, yay. It's probably a smart move. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. So uh, I spoke last week about some of the video games that I was going to be yes. uh, continuing um, playing. I'm so excited to hear about this, Mike. 
So, let me tell you. Uh, in regards to the games that I was playing on the plane, I didn't play a bunch in the end because I was mm-hmm. doing some work and then just some slept and slept a little bit. I played a little bit of Don't Starve and died really, really fast um, and spoke to Tiff uh, about this and she gave me some tips. It's kind of like Minecraft in like nobody survives the first night and you have to learn and continue. So I have some more to play on that because I do want to play some more of that game. So that's there for me to play. Uh, in regards to other games that I played, uh, I'm just opening my iPad now so I can try and remember. Uh, I played a little bit of the bread game um, and, and the, the control scheme is not fantastic on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Probably the game that I played the most of was Lara Croft Go. It's just a nice uh-huh. little game to kind of take uh-huh. your mind off things and, and go through some puzzles. That was good. But I guess the thing that you want to hear most about is the games at XOXO. Okay. So, unfortunately, the the area that they had the video games in was incredibly hot. Mm. It was really hot that day, and they had it in this, like, kind of warehousey type thing. And I was sweating a lot in there. Uh, and there were a lot of people in there, and there were a lot of games mm. being played. And also... Something I didn't really anticipate, and I think you'll appreciate this. The games were like projected onto uh-huh. these big screens, and you would wait to play, and you would play, and then there'd be people standing around you waiting for the next oh. game. Oh no! Yeah, so you can assume that I I didn't end up playing any games. I was a little bit nervous about playing games in front of people, but what I did do is stand and watch a bunch. Okay. So uh, below is beautiful. Uh huh. Okay. The Cappy Games. It's stunning. It looks incredible. I've never seen a video game that looks like this. Like this view, this really far back view. And it looks like a, a really good adventure game. You know, I was watching people like picking up loot and stuff like that and, and going through these worlds. Um, but obviously the game... Oh, a Tacoma from the uh-huh. Gone Home people looks like a AAA. It is stunning looking. Uh, I couldn't really work out what was happening in the game. Um, because the people that were playing were wearing headphones, so you couldn't really hear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it looked like kind of the like it looked like someone was like in a space station. Maybe they were stuck there or something. Um, but it looked really really great. But obviously, the game that you want to hear the most about, the game that I was the most interested in, was Firewatch. Yes. Now the good thing about this was they had the audio on the speakers, mm-hmm. and they had a demo of the beginning of the game. So I watched this through twice with two different people playing. Um, I didn't really want to play it then because I wanted to have the full experience of me actually controlling it on my own in a scenario that I wanted to play it in. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm a weird gamer, I suppose. Um, but I, I enjoyed watching it, and it looks brilliant. Graphically, it looks fantastic. It was clearly still a little bit rough. Uh-huh. Um, like sometimes they would climb up rocks and, and, and the guy's hand would go through the rock mm-hmm. um, unintentionally. So, that, you know, it's still in, in, in a, it was an early version of the game. Um, the voice acting is incredible. It's brilliant. So the, the guy, as we know, the voice is was Harry from Mad Men. Yeah. Um, and there's a lady in the game as well whose voice I think I recognized, but I don't know who it is. Mm. Uh so she is the lady that, that the, the main character uh, calls back to. You know, like, so he's got mm-hmm. his, his uh, radio and he talks back to the person yes. in the ta- in what, you know, like the control center or whatever. And Firewatch looks super creepy. Like, there's stuff going on and you don't know what it is. So, like, the game uh-huh. starts off, it's like your first day. 
and you're kind of uh, you go on a little uh, you basically you're going around looking at stuff climbing up rocks just seeing what the area has and then at one point there's like this light out the corner of your eye you look up and there's a guy just standing there like you just see the shadow of a guy with a torch and you're just looking at you that is creepy and then he goes and it's like you're radioing in and being like this is really weird that kind of thing and then you go back up like you're kind of looking around some more and stuff like that and you're talking about what you're seeing and you're radioing some stuff in um, and then you go back up to your little uh, firewatch tower and everything's been trashed. Like everything's been, like your typewriter was thrown out the window, the windows are broken, they basically ramshacked the entire place and you're radioing in and saying like what is going on here and like the lady's like, oh, this sort of stuff doesn't happen, like bad things don't happen out here, don't worry about it, like... There's something happening, something creepy's going on. It looks brilliant. It sounds brilliant. The graphics are fantastic. The colors are my favorite thing. I'm seeing on this big screen all these oranges and reds. I'm really excited to play this game because there's a ton of dialogue um, and there's massive decision trees. You can see, like, you can say one thing and it puts you down different paths. Like, the two people that I saw play it, they're totally different, like... The, the, obviously the steps were the same that you ended up having to get to the point where you get back to the, the, the Firewatch Tower but the mm-hmm. routes in which you get there and the things that you're saying the conversations that you're having seem very different and they seem really fluid and real um, that you just choose the things that you want to say and then and then they react with you it's, I'm really excited to play this game I can't wait I, I, um, it makes me it makes me happy to hear this yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It it was a shame that the environment just wasn't really... It yeah. just wasn't really set for the way that I like to play games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to do was just to see how Firewatch looked and played, and I feel like I yeah. got a really good sense for that. Yeah. But it matters that the games were, were good games, right? Yeah. Even oh, if you just watch them, they were they, good games. Yeah, they made some fantastic choices. There was some other stuff in there that I didn't catch the name of, but looked really, really good. Good, Um. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited to play both uh, Below um, and Firewatch, and I'm intrigued about Tacoma. I don't really know a lot about it. Nice. So yeah, I liked it a lot. So there we nice. go. Nice. This, this, that is my that is my check in. But uh, I feel like you would appreciate the fact that I didn't want to play video games with a bunch of people watching me. We're not yeah. really from the arcade generation, me and you. Yeah, I would have felt too much pressure. Exactly, honestly. I felt far too pressured. <laughs> like, uh, like if I did a bad job. Yeah, and when people like sit behind you and they give you tips on yep. how to play, like yep. go there, go there, like no, thank well, you. Because also <laughs> these games aren't completely finished. The devs were there, kind of yeah. talking you oh, through. Oh man. no, don't do that bit because you know everything will explode. No, no, Whatever. you definitely made the right choice, man. Yeah. Also, it's quite funny. Every time somebody completed Firewatch, they had to reboot the machine. <laughs> uh, <of laughs> that was just the way it was. Way it was. I just uh, really smiled to me. Like they finished the level, they would quit it. Uh, and then it would go back to the Windows desktop and be like, please reboot now to save changes. And you just reboot and then somebody else will play. Nice. It just really made me laugh. Because obviously, you know, it's like, whatever, they set up this machine just to do this. But it was just funny to me that, that they couldn't, you know, they couldn't really handle a new player. Yeah, probably it was a Windows problem. It probably was. <laughs> All right, so I think that about wraps it up for this week. If you want to catch our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash virtual slash 51. If you want to find Federico online, you can find his great work over at maxstories.net and he is at Vitici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to Igloo for sponsoring this week and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. <laughs>